money. Okay. <laughs> oh. oh man. Money. Yeah, we gotta listen. We gotta listen to this little thing again because I I love this. So this this intro is is so cool because it was created. Uh, it was really cool the way that this was created. It was actually. Uh, Roger, Roger was the person who created this. His, his wife had a pottery studio next to his uh, his music studio. His wife at the time had a, had a pottery studio next to his music studio. And uh, the way that he made that intro is taking a metal mixing bowl and threw coins in it. And uh, basically took a uh, this little thing called a Revox A77, which is a tape reel recorder. And uh, he cut seven pieces of tape because the songs in 7-8, we'll talk about that in a second and cut these little pieces of tape the exact same length, recorded these little sounds, spliced them together, and then used a music stand to feed it through the Revox, and there's the intro. Like, and nowadays you could just be like, okay, get a computer and let's do it. Yeah. It, you know, I, that's that's really cool. And so that, that intro is uh, so, popular you know as soon as you hear that it's like oh i know exactly what this is yeah exactly you know? and this and this was the song that was the single off of actually i think there were two singles technically but this was the single that really boosted them into into the, you know, states. Mass into the states the market yeah the u.s yeah. market like this really what broke them into the yeah. US market for sure yeah and and i mean you hear this on like classic rock radio stations it, you know um it's it's a it's a big song it's a really big song. So yeah. Um, so this song, money, is about well, I mean, <laughs> greed, <laughs> greed, and illusion to a life that you know have having an excess of wealth. You know, uh, right? And living living in a material world. Yeah, I right? think it's a uh, a, a desire Where to to grab as yeah. much wealth as possible. Yeah. You know, and so uh, and your importance is dependent upon how much money you make, right? It's yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I think their tongue-in-cheek lyrics are trying to say. Yeah, it's interesting because I always look at this and I, these lyrics are really, really cool because we talk about like money, get back, money, it's a hit, money, it's a crime, money, so they say, it's the root of all evil today. It's like, it's almost like these negative philosophical issues that bring that money brings to society. But 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 it's a, it's like which it which includes the ideas that ordinary people will never be able to increase their stash of money to match the wealthy. And and that the idea uh, that it, that money is the the root of all evil. It's mm -hmm. it's like it, it has all kinds of different avenues that it, that it searches. It doesn't say one specific thing about money. It doesn't you know it doesn't talk about one thing about what money is to a person or how money affects people. It like goes it kind of webs out to these different ideas, um, which is really cool. But I think it's the concept of wealth is is one of the illusions or ideas that can cause a person to waste their life or can be used to ruin the life of others which really, really fits into the album. Uh, I, I, well, then it goes into this, yeah, then it goes into just this legendary rock breakdown right oh here. Oh, my gosh. This guitar dude. solo, and it just gets super groovy. groovy. The the drums start to, I don't know, just kind of have a little bit more uh, swing to them, just a little bit. You know, it just gets a little, yeah. it just gets super groovy. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it, pick, it's it picks awesome. up a little bit. You know, it, because it picks up a lot. It, because this song is, goes back. is the most popular song in 7-8, arguably, but I think I'm right. So, you know, 
like you could argue that but i mean come on like there, i don't think there's any other songs that are in seven eight that is more popular than this one but what is what is seven eight so uh pretty pretty cool um most music is is in groupings of four and uh i'm gonna talk about this because i'm the drummer so you can just hush for a second yeah, oh okay I, I'm sure. part of it. <laughs> it's not like i'm bass and i'm part of the rhythm section <laughs> too or anything but yeah no yeah, yeah, so, <laughs> okay so but most music is divided in four and i say most because it's very very common which is you know just one two three four one two three four right but this one instead of putting it in groups of four we put them in groups of seven uh, which is which is really cool, and I think Roger Waters is the person who wrote the bass line at the very beginning, which is in 7-8. Um, right now, the section of the song that we're listening to is in 4-4, and I think the reason why they did that is because Gilmore wanted to change it back to 4-4 for his solos to make it easier on him, which is I, I think is pretty hilarious. Um, but it's also kind of cool. But it, it, it does switch back to 7-8 after, after the guitar solos. Um, actually, it's coming up. Actually, no, is it coming up real quick? Yeah, I think so. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, right here. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One. Yep. So it's uh, it's it's cool um that that they did that um because I've, <laughs> it's uh it's I think with using different time signatures uh it comes a lot more creativity uh, and it's very popular in prog in progressive rock music to use different time signatures rather than just putting everything in groups of four we can put them in groups of five put them in groups of seven put them in groups of nine sometimes even 11 you know it, it makes things um interesting uh and and cool to listen to which is part of the draw to me for money is uh the fact that's it that it's in seven eight switches to four and then comes back to seven i think that's really cool um so dick perry played sax on this and i wish oh man i wish i could go back and listen to that sax solo because i love that growl at the very end at the very beginning of it did you hear that wow yeah i mean which the very which very first the sax solo that, that comes in in the song it just has this real big growl at it that that he growls oh, yeah. through the through the saxophone gives this really cool sound it's really cool i love it yeah. i love it so yeah this uh What's, what are you, what are your thoughts on money? Like what what do you, what do you find? I, the, obviously, because it was a commercial success. Like what do you uh, how do you, how do you uh, process money? How do how do you listen to it? What do you think about when you listen to this? Um, just takes me away on a roller coaster. Um, because like I mean, again, this whole album's super dynamic, which I love. But yeah, it just gets those solos, both the sax and the guitar solo, are just so intense. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of emotion and a lot of weight behind it. And, uh, you know, I think that's, yeah, it's just kind of this conflicting nature between money needing it, but hating that we need yep. it and hating that desire, but not letting that desire go. It's something that's intrinsic to a lot of people, at least in the, the Western world, you know, Western Europe and, yeah. and the States, you know, it's just something that's just very consumerist mentality. This, this capitalist society that we live in. And that's just, you know, it's the struggle that you deal with with that when you live in that kind of world where everyone around you is trying to make more money and show you what they have and yeah, and all of that and a standard of living, quote unquote, has to be higher yeah. and all this the, the stuff links, that goes along the with links that. that people and, will go in order to protect the money and possessions that they have that they've acquired. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, worrying and talking about things that really don't matter, like cars and football teams and like, exactly like, all this stuff that's just you know that shouldn't be like the focal point of our lives, but it yeah. is. And, um, well, I know that this was 
ironically, we say this, they, this is, I think that's what they were trying to say with this. And ironically, it was their most com- commercially successful or w- at least at that yeah, time it was, funny. you know, it really boosted them. And it's so funny because they, this album and particularly the song really, like I said, boosted them into, like you said, also the States, but popularity in general rose for sure. And they didn't really like that when they started playing arenas rather than just small clubs and everything, their fan base kind of shifted to people who wanted to hear the music, who liked that to people who just wanted to be at a concert and be kind of loud. Mm -hmm. And so all of these kind of small, like you mentioned earlier, nuances to their music uh, were kind of overshadowed by people yelling or they were, you know, they were smothered by the, the cheers of the crowd, just wanting to be wasted and high and yell and just freak out at the fact that they're seeing a band that wrote a great song. So they're not going to listen to the song. They're just going to freak out that they're here rather than listening to the actual music that they're doing. And it really frustrated the group. I think, I think that they wanted to maintain that artistic demographic, that artistic fan base. And when they got super popular with this song, it's just ironic to me that this song, you know, it's super artistic and everything, but uh, it gave them a lot of unwanted popularity with a lot of people who just, well, ironically cared about popularity, cared about being at the Pink Floyd yeah. concert rather than hearing the awesome music they were presenting. So yeah. Yeah. anyways, I, I don't know. Does that make oh, any absolutely. sense? Yeah. And I, you're abs- yeah, you're absolutely right. But it, it's all in all an incredible song. Uh, I, I love oh, I love absolutely. the sax. I love the guitar solos. Um, the kind of the, the grooviness of it. It's probably the most groovy song on the whole album, I believe. Uh, uh, maybe besides any color you like. But I was yeah, about to say, I was about to say any color you like. But no, I think, too. But you know, this one's it's groovy too. But this one is definitely yeah. groovy. Oh, totally cool. give you that. It's just a, it's a fun yeah. jam. And I, yeah. I love because at the very end of this, obviously we can't we didn't hear it because we've been cutting the tracks up and and as as we go. But money fades out a, a spoken voice dialogue that's describing a fight and this i love because this segs into us and them which is the next song in the album which deals with conflict and uh i love how its inclusion on money instead of us and them almost suggests that money is also a cause of conflict i really like how they put that because they almost mm. they they put the conflict mm-hmm at the end of money. Like if you look at it as the song is playing, it's like, no, this is still money. This isn't us and them yet. This is still money. And the inclusion of money uh, is, is almost like it's a cause of conflict, which leads us into us and them. And which is personally my favorite song on dark side of the moon. Hands down. I love, I love us and them, but uh, let's, let's go ahead and take a listen to this real quick and uh, we'll, we'll unpack this and, and dive into this song.
just gonna go take a nap real quick. I was about to say this is almost like a lullaby. Lullaby. I mean, it's just it it it's really yeah, it's really interesting. It's just so yeah, calming. I love it's just so calming. Middle. And then later it builds up to oh this crescendo. Well, you know, in the yeah, it's, a, it's freaking but awesome. Right now you just want to. This is oh my gosh. Let me let's oh. listen to this, Jasper. Yeah. say it that that is that right there that solo from that sax that is that is the most organic part of this album that uh, there, yes. there is no that's a you know what i'm gonna give you props that's a great yeah, descriptor for that. that is because i was just about to say that that solo you can hear yeah. the air yes. being played oh through gosh. that sax where in, in in the midst of all this very well, very with psychedelic music, and especially with Pink Floyd, a lot of electronics yeah, going on, right? They're using yeah, a lot of machines of to to produce a lot of these sounds. But what a great word you use there! It's a very organic sound, and it absolutely is one of the most yeah organic parts yeah, of it this is, record. It's just, I love that sound. Yeah. That is so, and it's so uh, like you said, airy, and but it's just very peaceful when the whole time that this song is about conflict and fighting, which is. Uh, almost uh it's interesting because I, I think that the idea of the fight and conflict is is the idea that fighting is usually between two sides or two choices right which which philosophically could be maybe like a black and white type of mentality but i love how the song right. seems to mock the black and white mentality that exists in society and states that there can be more than just two choices it, it's it's right. interesting, but I, I, it's it's really cool. Like these lyrics here, like black and blue, and who knows which is which is who, who is or which is which and who is who, and who is who. Yeah, you know, it's like the it's effectively saying that it's it's just it's pointless to remove the degrees of separation between different people and different ideas. It's interesting that the, the lyrics and the music, and it has this crescendo to it. And it, it, it's just, it's really interesting. I can't describe it. I don't know how to, I don't know how I feel yeah, about it. I know what you're saying. I, and I really love how they complement that with how they design the sound of the vocals oh, and everything. Yes. Cause every now and then you'll have a harmony that comes in, right? When, right, just when we heard with the end, who is who, there was, there was a harmony behind that, but there's also yeah. echoes, right? black 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 and blue 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 and it's really cool to see that just kind of fade yeah. away that all of these ideas and these paradoxes these diametrically opposed words yeah. you know all this dis disharmony yeah. and everything it, it's um it kinda, that it i don't know kinda, i can't yeah. tell if it's like peaceful or sad it, it almost it, it shows because obviously when this crescendo like right now it's just it's such a so really powerful but it's like that that opening arpeggio with that guitar part and and the sax solo it's like is it sad or is it peaceful because it's all i think the conflict is about being with or without and which which can include with or without i guess you could say i don't know possessions or uh or resources but from a broader point of view it, it lumps a song like money 
into a subcategory of conflict. I think according to the song, it's really what the whole thing is talking about, which is, I think, brilliantly done how they placed it right after money. And this is where they talk yeah. about violence. I'm really going to kill him, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and the voices in this are awesome, which is which is really cool. But this was actually the first song that they recorded when they entered the studio. I don't know if you knew that or not, but this was the, this was the, yeah. Yes, this, is the this was the one. first one. And, yep, uh, I did know I that. think it's the most emotional. I know, oh, dude. Dick solo. Perry, man, that guy. Oh. It's crazy. I, I, I think this is the most emotional song Pink Oh, man. I'm going to say it. I think this is the most emotional song Pink Floyd has ever done. I, I, I think, me for me personally. Obviously, like I said, this is my favorite one. Right. I, I think that's I think totally it's, justified. It's a great <laughs> example. It's so, it's a great example of the music and the lyrics combining to create powerful emotion. You know, yeah. and just with the, 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 climat- the climactic parts and the, and the chorus of this is just so good. And I love it because it's organic. It's real. It's about conflict and fighting and just with it being really, really peaceful. It's not like it's rageful. You know, like every time I see something that's about fighting and, you know, conflict, it's like it's usually pretty aggressive for the most part. You know, like the music depicts the fighting and the conflict with aggression, with guitars and aggression, with drums and bass and and screaming and stuff like that a lot of the time. But this one is just it's very peaceful. It's very calm, kind of sad. And it's talking about this, you know, the idea of conflict. Well, it's more reflective. I think that's the difference is that this is kind of a a reflection upon the idea of conflict rather than a lot of those songs that you just described being kind of in the moment yeah. of conflict. This is more of a reflection upon that as an idea, you know, and that's why this whole, this whole album is just, it's just big, big concepts and, and a point of reflection that, you know, we seldom take the time to think about. And I think that's what makes this such a yeah. profound album. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. About, I, um, I, I 100% agree with you about that. Um, and I think because later, I think later in the years when Roger Waters left Pink Floyd, um, I think that this was one of those songs that they could actually look back together as a band and just be like, you know what, even though we're separated, I, you know, this still brings us together. You know, I really like that. Right. I don't know. Did they, did they already like, oh man, I, I don't know if I can go back and try and find that lyric, but there's, there's like, they, they say there's, um, there's room for you inside. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love I love that line because it's it's saying to me that life is too complicated to be dumbed down to black and blue. It, the ending idea of this section is that there can be a way to work things out and include everybody. You know, there, there's room for you mm-hmm. inside, kind of thing. It, it, it's not this uh, right. black black and white mentality. It, it, it's it's really right. interesting, but exactly. also like I mean. Just spe- like once again, kind of re- going back to speaking to Roger Waters in his late twenties, talking about this idea, like it just seems so mature, to, because he's he's not that old. Yeah, he's in his late twenties. How much life has he really experienced, quote unquote? You know what I mean? Right. Well, I think that about a lot of great bands, and I'll say it because they're one of my all-time favorites. But I mean, Crud. Well, we look at Rush, right? I mean, those lyrics are very cerebral, but they're very yes. genuine too. Um, and same with the Beatles. I'm a big Beatles fan and crud. I mean, th- when those guys were big, really big on top of the entire flipping world, they were in their early, early twenties. Yeah. 
you know, and when they started to write more complex lyrics, they were still in their, I think at the end of their career, they were in their mid to late twenties. I mean, you know, even then, but some amazing content and very profound lyrics came out from, you know, people who are super young, you know, and that's awesome. That's that's, that's great. So let's, let's go ahead and move from us and them, even though I don't want to, but we have to, uh, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and move <laughs> now, into, this is, uh, any color you yeah. like, uh, which is, uh, right after us and them. Let's take a listen. Okay, I have to go ahead and start speaking about this synthesizer that's being played right here, because this is awesome. This little thing, the synth that you hear going on right now is an EMS Putney synth, which was super revolutionary for its time because it was portable. You could take it on stage. You could take this thing on stage. Really, pretty awesome. But uh, this, I think it was also brand new. I think it only was probably out for like one or two years at the time. You know, uh, which, is, which I think is really cool. But this song is the only purely instrumental song on the album. And uh, I, it's, I, it's, I find it interesting because the song is called Any Color You Like. And uh, I, I looked this up because I wanted to kind of find out what really, what in the world, like why is it called Any Color You Like? It has no lyrics. It's after the song about conflict. What kind of, what, what's going on here? And uh, what I found, and Drew, hopefully, please speak into this if you have any anything kind of to add to this, but um, it's almost like, I don't know if you've heard the quote, it's kind of like, you can have any color you like, they're all blue, or you can have any color you like, they're all red. Hmm. It's offering a choice where there is none, right? So I think that any color you like is a song that is kind of a sarcastic remark suggesting the lack of choices that are available to a person during their life. So it's kind of underscoring the idea of us and them is related to the dangers of the black and white mentality. And any color you like seems to carry that idea over into the song. That is my complete opinion. I really have no idea, but... Right. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't done a lot of research into this song, uh, you know, to see what other people say, because like you, the exact same way, I'm like, this is just groovy as hell, but I don't know what they're trying to say with this on, you know, you know, an an intellectual level. And uh, I, well, just the music alone, it's my second favorite track off the record. My favorite is Time, but my second favorite is this. It's just, it's fun. It's fun. It's so groovy. Yeah. It's so fun. The drums, the drums are simple, but they fit yeah. so yeah. well with with, the, with the synth, you know, at the beginning, and then and then Gilmore just goes into it with this cool guitar solo. It's just so neat. Yeah. I just love this. And this song is, so I think, much. where this is also where the uh, the Leslie comebacks on the guitar. If you can hear that kind of wobbly sound that the, the guitar has, um, bringing back that Leslie sound. Yeah. And uh, of course, using this new synth and and everything. But I actually kind of think of this as like a second reprise of breathe except it's almost well obviously it's more up up tempo and it's moved from uh and what is this then i mean it's moved from e minor to d minor so it's i mean it's 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 sliding a little bit but i almost kind of i almost kind of think of it as a reprise of breathe because it has has the same kind of feel to it to me i don't know but that's that's you know that's my perspective. Still an awesome song. It's groovy, 
it's cool. It's got a cool little solo section in it. Um, the synths sound really, really awesome. Um, they were brand new for the time, but uh, it, it really, really transitions into brain damage really, really well, I think. And uh, right. so, yeah, let's let's go ahead and uh, and take a listen to brain damage. All right, that was a uh, creepy line, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> whole song's kind of creepy. creepy. I think the first thing that we should point out with this is that this is actually the only song that Roger Waters sings uh, on this album. Yeah, yeah. on this uh, album. Even though he writes all the lyrics, this yeah. is the only one that he personally sings. And I think that was actually Gilmore's idea because of the nature of the lyrics. Like they were very, very um, uh, close to uh, to Roger because I think it's this song is really suggesting the friendship or the relationship between him and Sid. Uh, Sid Barrett, the, the former member of the band, who right. I believe, because of his issues. And so... You know, I, this song is just about losing your mind, going insane. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. But I love. Oh my gosh, that organ sound. It's really cool, really, really cool. But this this song is starting to really kind of progress it into. You can feel the energy starting to move up with this. We're starting to use like more harmonies. Oh, yeah. uh, more instruments are coming into this, and it's really cool because it's it's kind of building. It's building itself up um, from us and them. It's really interesting. From us and them, we go to us and them, any color you like, brain damage, and then it ends with eclipse. And I think all of that, like us and them is kind of soft, but has its ramp up periods. But I think from us and them all the way to the end of the album is completely ramping up in dynamics and in instrumentation. Like it's just, it's adding more and more and more to it to, to give it more power, you know? And, um, right. I think that the li lyrically, oh man, like we could break this down so many ways lyrically, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, I, I really love that lyric in the chorus, and there are different situations, but, you know, and if the band you're in starts playing different tunes, I'll see you on the dark side of the moon. I think that oh, was actually yeah. just kind of a direct, you know, reference, you know, an allusion to them uh yeah. and their history like you said with sid barrett and everything but i like that lyric i'll see you on the dark side of the moon again kind of this idea we discussed at the very beginning of the podcast with you know yep. we're all yep. kind of insane yes you know? exactly right i'll see you there don't don't think that you're not yeah. going to be there because we're all there whether you like to admit it or not you know it's it's yeah very again very metaphorical and Absolutely. profound artistic lyrics just, i love it they're a very it's artistic fantastic. band, you know, I think. I like the kind of going off of what you what you said about if, that lyric. And if your band, if the band you're in starts playing different tunes, I'll see you on the dark side of the moon. That seems to, it seems that like the, the how do I put this? The madness that was caused by not being able to align yourself with maybe the views of everyone else or, or most likely society in general. But overall, the line in the song seems to, to me that the people that go crazy by resisting what they are told to do all the time, kind of kind of reflecting back to what it was been talking about before, mm -hmm. but 
How, but like on previous songs in the album, like Money, Us and Them, and Any Color You Like, talk about how everyone in society go along with that are insane. Right? So from it's it's like right. from a larger perspective, kind of we're trying to changing gears here with brain damage, saying that it seems that you're going insane by following the topics saying in money, us and them in any color you like, or you go insane by resisting them. So it's like you can't, right. you can't win almost. Right. And that's, that's why, and we hear at the end of the album, you know, there isn't our dark side of the moon really yeah. as a matter of yeah. fact. It's this song dark, is definitely a right? nod to, to Sid Barrett. Absolutely. And, and I think it's very, very yeah. appropriately put that waters sings the song uh because he also like his voice is also kind of right. creepy to begin with like he doesn't really sing he has kind of this uh, <laughs> you know the lunatic like he has this really kind of weird uh inflection that he puts on his voice which does fit that insanity kind of vibe because gilmore's i mean honestly he's a good singer he's he's very right. smooth you know and and, and oh, yeah. definitely they use Absolutely. that to their advantage so well on comfortably numb on the wall if you have if you've heard that song mm -hmm. it's it's so it's perfect how they how they use their voices to, to the to that to that advantage um this song also has a freaking mini moog on it dude which i love because it was also <laughs> released in 1970 so it's brand you know brand new technology that's been thrown on this album and i, I love that and mini moogs uh rush uses mini moogs a lot they they use that stuff a lot getty getty used that stuff a lot but yeah, I love I love this song lyrically because it's building so much. It's it's saying, you know, it, it's changing gears mentally when we're talking about the previous songs because now we're talking about how kind of like resisting those things makes you go insane. And I think that when it as it transitions to eclipse, it kind of talks about it as a whole, uh, with, with between these two topics. And that's why I think that, you know, it's discussing two different types of insanity. This this whole album. And it's like the first type of insanity is people going insane by riding the tide, you know, or, or people go insane for doing what they're told all the time and just accepting life for what it is. But the second type of insanity that brain damage is kind of discussing is that people who that don't ride the tide realize that the people riding the tide are insane and their efforts to try and convince people not to do that, not to ride the tide or the resistance to the tide itself causes them to go insane. It's really cool. It's really cool. Right. Really, really cool. So yeah. moving from that, let's let's take a listen to uh to Eclipse, the climatic ending to this entire record, because this is uh oh man, it just kicks off so strong. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? Oh that's let's oh my gosh. All right, let's I'm hit ready. it. I'm ready. This is just an incredible ending to an album. It's it's this is an incredible ending to an album. Uh, I think the first thing to note is that the word all is used 20 times in this song. Yeah, it's just this culmination yep. of everything. It's a great way to end the album, right? It's this all you create, all you destroy, all you touch, all you yep. feel, all this it's, stuff. It's that 
Oh my god, this Everything. this is my oh my gosh, dude. This is I'm gonna start ranting. Stop me if I start ranting, okay? But it's like all is used 20 times. I think you is used 18 times, right? So with it being like the final song of the album, it's almost using like many universal messages to describe the human experience. The words all and you serve to underscore the point of the entire song, right? And the, the final line, God, that we just listened to, all that's to come and everything under the sun is in tune, but the sun is eclipsed by the moon. This song could go on forever. All that's to come, right? And and it's metaphorically, yeah. uh, of course, metaphorically speaking to all of the human experiences that are represented by the sun, but many positive human experiences and that they are frequently associated with living a life that is pretty nice for the most part. You know, but the album ends with the sun being eclipsed by the moon. Pretty dark. Yeah, and I, I love... I love that oh, it's perfect. it ends with a heartbeat, like we said earlier, and that afterwards you have that yep. small quote that's buried in yep. the mix, super small. You have to turn up the speaker super loud to hear that. And I said it a couple times already throughout the podcast, but um, you know, there is no dark side of the moon, really. As a matter of fact, it's yep. all dark. It's just a great way to end that. It's that small quote that's kind of buried in the mix uh, yeah. underneath this heartbeat. That that line, that and line really is, tells. That's such. It a, tells you what what yeah, this is. Uh, it really sums it up as as you listen to that. It's. There's no dark side of the moon, really. Matter of fact, it's all dark. The moon is is basically a symbol of all the ideas that are destructive to humanity. Ideas can block out the sun or stop us from living a fulfilling life, and the previous songs in the album build all the way to eclipse. There is hope in the sun, but there will always be a dark side of the moon, which is a symbolic representation of the curse of humanity. And it ends with the poll saying that everything within the beginning and the end pertains to life that is genius to me it's dark it's dark but it's genius to me yeah like i said it's just yeah it's a very profound record it's very artistic and um yeah, yeah. it's a very universal record you know these are all things that that we can yeah. understand and i, I love it and it know, doesn't even have the song with, i love I because it just builds 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 and builds like there's no chorus there's no verse it's just, we sing a couple of lines and then we add stuff. We sing a couple of lines and we add stuff and we just add, add and add and add. And then it ends just with, you know, and all that's to come and everything under the sun is in tune, but the sun is eclipsed by the moon. It's just, it's building all the way to this point where it's boom, you know, that just, uh, everything just kind of ends and really, really well done. I love, I love the, because it's, they got the, uh, yep. What I love, I love that it's a cycle, right? And it's like you said, we're talking about life there. It begins and ends with a heartbeat. Yep. So if you listen to the album again, it's right where it left off, right? It's going to happen yeah. again. And this, I never this thought is about that. Yeah, pattern. it's almost like you could just loop the whole so, album, and it makes sense as you as it kind of begins and ends the same, the exact same way. That's really. I wonder if I wonder if you actually yeah. put Eclipse. I wonder if you put Speak to Me directly after Eclipse, and I wonder if the heartbeat would keep the same pulse. I wonder. Yeah, yeah, like the exact same, like, like the same no BPM, skip. almost there's no like skip the same of a pulse at all. I wonder if there is, if you if you put the end of Eclipse and speak to me, the very beginning of the album, back to back, like the end of the album and the beginning of the album, right next to each other, and played 
through that heartbeat. I wonder if it, if the end of eclipse would match up with the pulse exactly with the beginning of speak to me. I wonder, I've never done that before, but I might try that. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Yeah. That'd but be a fun little experiment. I, I, I love, I love, I love all of everything about eclipse, how that, how that ends. And it's, it's really cool. So, but that's kind of unpacking lyrically about this, this entire album, dark side of the moon. Uh, and I think that it's, it's got a lot, it speaks a lot to, to all kinds of different ideas, uh, different, different ways of mentalities, way people think right. kind of, it's kind of philosophical as well. But you know, with, with all of everything that is under the sun, no, I'm kidding with everything that we listened to, um, you know, why, why is this <laughs> album so popular? Why is this one of the most like highest selling albums of all time? In your opinion. In my opinion, um, I think it has that perfect blend of being artistic, yeah. but not too art house. You know what I'm saying? I think they bring some of those higher level topics. I say higher level, but you know what I mean? Just these kind of metaphysical, these intellectual and philosophical topics. Yeah. And they make it a bit digestible. You know, they, they make it to, to how someone can, can really relate to this. And also it's just yes. really awesome. It's just very good songwriting, the melody too. Not, not just that these topics, but that, that I mean, that's, I guess what I'm trying to say is that these, these topics are made accessible by the, the way they mm -hmm. wrote the music that complemented it so well that went with it. And, uh, I think that's why it's just, people can really connect with this album. You know, I, I don't think I'm the only one yeah, who had absolutely. a very profound experience with that record. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's I mean, of course. granted, of granted, course, you yeah. can say that about a lot of music, you know, lots of people like, and can connect with it, but the, these topics Universal. are just so, um, oh yeah, not commonplace. They're not commonplace in music, at least the way they're presented. And I think Pink Floyd did that. And people were like, wow, there's substance to this. There's some real substance to this, and it's yeah, also just I think some really they, amazing music, you know. And like you said, I think I think what you were saying with a lot of the oh, sound experimentation, I think that plays into it as well. A lot of the new technology that they were yeah. exploring, I think they, 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 I think they had really to do with it a lot as well. So. Being able to blend their years of experience with you know developing soundscapes and all of these experimental sounds, and you know because their their earlier stuff before this was very kind of unfocused. Um, in my opinion, um, it, it wasn't as straightforward. And I think that this album is very, very straightforward, but then also brought their years and years of experience with developing these really lush soundscapes and, and experimenting with, with music and their songwriting, combining all of those things together to create this. Yeah. I, I would agree because a lot of, I, I like Pink Floyd a lot. Um, they're one of my all time favorite bands and, um, even the stuff after dark side and everything, but a lot of mm -hmm. the stuff in their sixties, I am not a big fan of. And I think I agree with what you say. It's just, it's a bit unfocused. It's right. just a little too out there for me personally. And I would agree. They kind of found that balance of let's do something kind of weird and out there, yeah. but focus it and channel it a little bit more. Um, into something like you said, a bit yeah, more direct. Yeah. So, and straightforward. so why should so that, was, somebody that was a good way of putting it? Listen I like that. to Dark Side of the Moon. I, I, obviously, we we kind of went through all of the songs. We talked about 
uh, each one of the tracks with some fun facts as well as unpacking the lyrics a little bit and and talking about the music. But why should somebody sit down and they should play Dark Side of the Moon from the very beginning and listen to it all the way to the end? Why should somebody do that? Holy well, cow. That's, that's I just yeah. said. That's I like enough. it. That's okay. enough for anybody to so- sit <laughs> No, that's enough. No, it, uh, in all seriousness, if only... If only not not from all that we did say about this about its artistic integrity and the fact that it's 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 a very profound record. If only just for the sake of music history, the fact that this was so popular and yeah. that it was such has such an impact. Of course, um, at the very least on record sales, right? And <laughs> and and that. But uh, if only for that, just to be like, okay, so what is this album all? about and everything and and why like why are so many people listening to this let me see if i can get behind that and hopefully our podcast kind of explained why a lot of people listen to it um but for me it's just it's super artistic without being pretentious it's just very genuine that's a great i'm saying it's kind of hard to find that i think it's super hard to find without being pretentious that's yes it's very genuine i think that is just very genuine that's a fantastic way of putting it because it's it, it like I said, there's there's organic parts of this album. And it's not, it's not like, oh yeah, we're we're being cool by using all of these instruments. Like if you listen to this, you wouldn't be like, oh yeah, they used all of these brand new instruments that were, you know, that came out that same year, and they had to use them because they had to be like on top of the game when it came to the new recording stuff. It, it, like it 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 doesn't come off that way. Like right. it's Every- cool to know that, but it does not come if they didn't. Like they they could have done that with anything. They could they could have done it with any instrument or, or whatever. Like they didn't have to bring all of these things to make them look good to create. Them. Right. Yeah. Every everything had a purpose. I think is is what yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's my favorite record, but um, it was a big deal when it came out, and it still is. I mean, money is. It's cool to hear if you've heard money. And not the rest of the album. It's yeah, cool to see how absolutely. it blends in with the rest of the record. You know, some of those popular songs to see the surrounding material behind it. And like we said earlier, if you're listening to this and everything, uh, if you haven't heard it before, or even if you have but chopped up, take take some time to just listen to it end to end without any interruptions. Right. Yeah. You know, without us talking in your ear while you're <laughs> while you hear it in the background, take a minute and just fully immerse yourself in that because this is one of those records that really transports you to a different world that brings you to a point of reflection. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's almost still, very meditative in a way, you know, to where I can listen uh, to this and the true so way just, that it fantastic. was mixed in that quadraphonic sound. I've never listened to this album with the qu- a quadraphonic sound setup. I've always listened to it with just two speakers. I've always listened to it in just headphones or in my monitor speakers at my house, but I've never listened to it with four speakers. And now I'm like really, really excited to be able to listen to this thing the way it was truly mixed because it, it is. It, it's it's immersing. It's immersing yourself into the, you know, you're surrounded. It's that surround sound type of thing. You know, it's kind of like going to a movie theater and you're watching an action film and you feel like you're in the war zone. You feel like you can hear gunshots and stuff behind yeah. you. It's like, whoa, I feel like I'm there. That's exactly yeah. how I would feel listening to this completely being, you know, and I mean, golly, that would be amazing if they put this thing right. in, into a movie theater with like a 23.1 surround sound. And listen to that. That would be really cool. I'm gonna have to go talk to gonna yeah. have to go talk to a couple of theaters to see if they would do that. Yeah, for sure. It'd be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we have managed to eat away a fair chunk totally of your day it. if you have listened to this all at once. Uh, but 
But it's, yeah, it's a fantastic record. It's it's, it's a fantastic totally record. It. It's my so, favorite. So Drew, what is what um, is your so what's your favorite part of this thing before we wrap this up? What's your favorite part of this album? Time. Yeah. Oh, if we're talking about songs, time. I mean, that solo is on yeah, like has to make my top ten list. That's just phenomenal. So Not a lot of David so Gilmore melodic. solos are like that because he just speaks from his heart. He's so melodic and he speaks from his heart when he's yeah when he's playing this stuff you know you can't help but feel the raw emotion behind that that nothing is there for just a, mm-hmm. a quick you know sound of applause right it's just him it's just yeah, yeah. so it's just do you consider raw, and i love that this so, album um, one piece or do you consider them kind of chapters of a book like each of these songs do you do you consider all the songs like one song or one piece of music do you or do you consider them chapters like how do you how do you separate that in your in your head i mean i like to listen to it end to end as if it were one song but i i will have to go with the latter that you suggested the fact that 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 they're kind of chapters because i can kind of separate them like you said earlier it's like you, you can kind of i mean there are obviously different songs quote unquote that they broke up and because they're different topics right? Time, money, all that stuff. It's easy to, that, that, right. or rather that makes it easier yeah. to kind of chop up their, the piece that is, it, right. it is and it isn't. Right. It is yeah. one song yeah. and yet it isn't. It's exactly. multiple songs, exactly. but you know what I'm yeah. saying. Um, but yeah, that's how I listen to it. It's, and like you said, it's hard for me to just listen to one song. Sometimes on playlists, I'll add a song that I'm like, well, I don't want to put exactly. in the middle of this playlist, the entire album. So I'll just put one, but mm-hmm. even then, it's still kind of weird because I expect that next song to come, you know? And then when something else comes on, like a modern day song that's totally different, yeah, producer same. and everything's same. weird. And I, and so I, I, I like would definitely to suggest to everybody and... to, to do that. Please listen to this thing from front to end. And we'll probably say that about every single album that we talk about because that's the nature. That's kind of the nature of how this works. That's kind of the nature of how <laughs> progressive rock really was. Uh, not, not, never mind. Not progressive rock concept albums. That's the way that they were meant to be listened to. Is is from the front to the end. And if you've never right. listened to a concept album, this is a really good one to start with, uh, because it's probably, arguably, one of the best. Uh, and uh, the the topics and the themes and the underlying themes are, yeah. are, are just incredible. Uh, and everything how it flows is is really cool. You know, because it's. Uh, it's not just listening to a bunch of separate songs about different topics and ideas and different beats and melodies and stuff like that. It kind of intertwines and, uh, but, but yet it doesn't get boring. You know, it's not that it's not like we're, uh, listening to, it's not like that you hear the same chorus come back like six different times or the same melody come back six different times throughout the album, because it's all technically quote unquote one song, you know, it's, it moves and, and it has all kinds of different avenues that it explores and goes down musically and lyrically, philosophically. Um, and I, I don't think that this album is, is too cerebral. I think that it has, because I know that we've been taught, I, I don't, I don't want anybody to listen to this and be like, well, this is like really kind of over my head or the, you know, the lyrics are like, whoa, whoa, like it's, it's kind of, it's a little too cerebral for me. Like I have to think too much, you know, you, you really don't. If you listen to this and just let it kind of sink in and just listen to how, the way the music feels, you will be able to depict what's going on just by listening to the music, I think. 
Well, and well, and it might take multiple listens. I know for me, some yeah. of my favorite records of all time, I've had to give multiple listens to. That I've said when I first heard, it, I was like, okay, it's all right, it's not that great. And I hear it the second time, I'm like, ah, oh, this is this is a little bit better than it was the first time. And then, you know, I've heard some records where I've heard it even like the fifth right. or sixth time, and I'm like, how did I not realize how amazing this was the first time? You know, it's yeah. just. It, so it might be that kind of experience for you, you know, um, and yeah, just just take a moment to enjoy the music at first, listen to it again and unpack the lyrics. But I mean, it's fun talking about this even with you, Destin, yeah. because yeah, you had some interpretations that I never even too. thought yeah. of. And it's cool to, to listen to it again with 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 what you said. If I listen to it again and be like, oh, OK, let me try to get into that mentality now and, and mm-hmm. see it through this lens rather than the one I've always heard it through, you know. Or seen it through. Lens, I know. I think we've probably know. done that. I'm a lot, mixing it's, way it's too okay. many metaphors here, but exactly. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Should never ever do that. So, well, whatever. thank you all for listening. Uh, <laughs> these are our prog notes for "Dark Side of the Moon" by Pink Floyd. We hope you learned something new about this album, and hopefully inspired you to check it out for the first time. If you haven't not listened to this, please, please email us at prognotespodcast at gmail.com to let us know what you liked and didn't like about the album. I would love to hear somebody who has never heard this album before go and listen to this and tell me their thoughts about it. I would, I would love that because everybody I know has heard this album. So, well, most of everybody. So everybody that I really talked to. So it would be really cool to hear some new fresh perspective on, on uh, what, what this album, what they heard in this album, what this album meant to them. So uh, my name is Destin Frost, aided by Drew Brown and Drew, what album will we be reviewing next? Next week on Prog Notes. Um, wow, that was actually really good. Hey, thanks. Uh, we will be oh, reviewing yeah. uh, Fragile by Yes. Uh, yes, we will. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. That's yes. really bad. Yeah. Uh, Fragile by Yes. We're, it's going to be, that's a good one. That's a really fun one. That's a really fun. I, of course, we like all the records. We, we will eventually get to some that I've never heard before. And oh, yeah. or and I'll it'll be interesting. Some we'll get to some that neither of us have heard before. Eventually, that's right. And so uh, that'll be that'll be really cool. But uh, we'll stick with what we know for now. For now. Yep. Uh, but next week, uh, yeah, stay tuned. It'll be a fun one. It's fragile by Yes, recorded in and released rather in 1971. So awesome, awesome. So join us next time as we discover the past, present, and future of progressive rock. Thank you all for listening. Cheers.